Welcome to Chasing Happiness podcast about life lessons and issues that impact our lives. Some of the best episodes are where we take an honest look at current events, discuss how they might affect you, all while being completely transparent in tone from host Ryan Dement who tells his stories with honesty combined with humor for your listening pleasure. Let's get to it. Here is your host, Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan Dement. Welcome back to Chasing Happiness. This week, I have a special guest, Mr. Silas Matcham. He's going to come on and talk about finding his purpose in life and waking up each day to be determined to find purpose and inspire others. Silas, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. So let's get into it. Tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself before we get into uh, a little more of your story about purpose. I'm just an average guy living in the average world, connected to an average a community that really is focused in trying to make things better. And in doing so, I've been able to continue to do some things in a positive manner, really focused around my family and some of the things my mother and my, my grandparents taught me. So I'm a father of four. I've been married for almost 20 years. Um, Really, it's 19. I like to stay a year ahead of myself just in case my wife asks me that question so I don't forget. But it's better <laughs> to be ahead than behind. So I'm always a year ahead of myself in marriage. But most of the time, um, Silas, um, myself in general, I'm focused in on trying to find better opportunities uh, in my life that will hopefully affect other people in a positive manner and continue to try to build some things that will ultimately leave a, a, a lasting legacy for not just myself, but for my family as well. So overall, I'm a community guy. So I really love my community. I really love being involved. I really like finding things to do. And I really like uh, finding ways to help other people. So I'm not going to spill the beans. So why don't we talk about what your day job looks like and how you help the community there and then we'll get into your uh, story on purpose. I'm the executive director of the Evansville Promise Zone. Evansville Promise Zone is a 10-year designation where we focus in on six different areas, housing, health, education, job development, economic development, and crime. And throughout those six work areas of focus, uh, we have tons of partners that we I work with each and every day to make sure that we're facilitating their missions and goals to continue to make those things happen for the community. Our promise zone area within Evansville, Indiana is about 26,000, I think a little under 26,000 individuals now. And it serves pretty much uh, your most low to moderate income uh, census tracts with the city of Evansville. So we work with a lot of nonprofits, the city, the federal government, and we just keep things moving in a way that affects the neighborhoods in a positive uh, manner. So I will tell a little bit of a story that you love so much. The way that I met Silas is back in the day, I came into his office and started pitching the idea of TrueVest coming into Evansville and working in the affordable housing space and how I tell the story and how Silas interpret, interprets it is a little different, but I'll tell you my version is basically he gave me this uh, mean look like I was a five-year-old and he took out his paper and he spanked me and uh, sent me out of the room. Uh, a few days later, I get to come back with Mr. Kelly Coors, which is the executive director of the DMD in Evansville. And all of a sudden, Mr. Silas is buying into the Kool-Aid that I'm selling. So it's been an interesting ride since we uh, first met. 
Do you want your side of the story to be told? Let's just say my story, my side of the story is completely different, but what happens in the promise zone is we have a lot of people who come into town, especially outside developers and in the history of outside developers coming in, some have been good, some have been bad, but those bad ones have put our, uh, let's just say our antennas up to make sure that we're not allowing people to come in our community and our, who are not willing to do the work that needs to be done to make sure that we're getting positive change. So when we find new people come into our area, we just like to vet them accordingly. What Ryan will tell you is I've sent a lot of people away. Ryan just had the audacity to show back up. So which gave me the idea from its conclusion that Ryan was the real deal and really was concerned about community and community development. He did bring the executive director of DMD with him as well. So I figured if he's convinced Kelly, then let's pay attention to what's going on. But I will say this on behalf of Ryan. He has been and done and everything that he said he would do in terms of working in our communities, especially within the problem. So thank you, sir. It's uh, it's been a fun ride. We got more to come, so that'll be exciting. So let's get right into it. Finding your purpose and what you get up for a daily basis to do. When we talked about this, you had some different ideas that you wanted to share, but I think it really boils down to community. So why don't you start there and in, in how that drives you on a daily basis? For me, really, it's understanding what purpose is and being clear that for me, I'm still trying to get a good understanding of what my purpose is and waking up each and every day to really focus in on what gets me going in the morning, what wakes me up. And I say, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. This is who I want to be. And what are those driving factors that push me in that direction? And in doing so, who am I connecting with? Who am I building these relationships with that will not just help myself, but help others. So community is a real big part of that for me because I believe in community. And I think that's really something that my grandfather uh, put into me at a very young age, not even knowing that he did, but just watching him interact within, within my community and connecting with people, building relationships, people who just knew his name uh, and are connected with him just based on the fact of who he was. And I think that right there gave me a good sense at a very young age, how important it was one to uh, be a good person in your community, but also to be an individual that people would remember your name in a positive way. Community and purpose for me is real hand in hand. I believe that once we find our purpose, then we must act in our purpose. And once we've start acting in our purpose, I think is where we're moving in a direction that's just better for the, for the, for everyone involved. So I don't know if many people know, but I want to share it. You live in Madisonville, Kentucky. If the population's what, 25, 30,000, I can't remember. I think Madisonville is about 20,000 itself. Hopkins County, which is the county which closes in a couple of more closer places, is wrapped around about 40. So most I live in Madisonville, but like I said, uh, most people, if, if you live ever lived in a small community, well, let's just say a small town, uh, there's all little, these other little smaller towns wrapped around you. So you really wouldn't know unless, we, unless somebody told you, for instance, 
There's like Hanson, there's Nebo, there's Erlington. And if I didn't tell you, probably assume that you were still in Madisonville. So most people refer to Madisonville as Hopkins County because we're so close. And we you really couldn't tell the difference unless it was just pointed right out to you that you was in a different city. So Madisonville, you're active in the community with a lot of things you're doing. You're doing a bunch of stuff and I'll let you talk about it. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about from that side is being from the West Coast, I've been able to come out to Evansville many times and also go to Madisonville. And Madisonville has a very tight knit community. And you, when I'm with Silas in Madisonville, everybody knows Silas. You go around and he always meets somebody that he knows or they know it speaks volumes to his character. But what I was trying to say is Silas is not just trying to be known within his community. He's trying to also make a difference in his community. And some of the things that he's working on, he's going to share. But one of the things that I want to talk about really quick is that we've partnered up to start working on our nonprofit, True Community, and we're launching it in Madisonville to design and build uh, and develop affordable homes. And this is all at the direction of Silas and in, in using his expertise in the area and his community, but also being able to connect with others outside of the community and bring them in to understand our vision and our concept. So Silas is not just about working on the, the smaller pieces. He, he focuses on the bigger pieces that bring in more aspects, which would bring in more resources to Madisonville to make a bigger difference. So Silas, with that being said, the bigger differences that you're working on, why don't you tie those things into your purpose since you said you're on that road and kind of share uh, those things that you're actually doing? Well, I, let me give you a little background story on why affordable housing, homes in general, roof over your head is so important. I grew up in a very small neighborhood in Madisonville, uh, North Haven, for those who are listening locally. I would know where North Haven is, neighborhood that still exists. I lived there until I went to college. So 18 years, I lived in the same house, not a very big house. It was less than, I think, a thousand square feet, three bedrooms, one bath, three small bedrooms, and then one bathroom. And we had a gravel driveway. I don't think, I don't think that driveway got paved, honestly, until after I went to college. So think about gravel driveway. I was just driving around earlier saying, does anybody still have a gravel driveway like I did? Does it even exist anymore? But my mother and I would get in, in our car, well, in her car, and we would drive around different neighborhoods in Madisonville wanting and saying that hopefully uh, maybe we can purchase a new house and move into, into another neighborhood that was more fitting or a little bit bigger or just in general. But I've always had a, fasc a fascination about homes and finding opportunities to look at those and model them after other styles and see which ones are really fit within a certain neighborhood or so forth. So my passion for working in the, the field for affordable homes really comes from, again, being small and just a lot of what my mother and my, my parents and my grandparents were connected to. So again, uh, working here in, in my hometown and put some things together like the, the nonprofit and provide affordable homes because I believe truly that's where a lot of our connections, where we're most comfortable at, where we should be. Let me state that where we should be most comfortable at is in our homes because I know, I know, I know home is where the heart is, but families, 
that's where we go to feel comfortable and finding those opportunities for those individuals who really want to access uh, the affordable the affordable home area or the sustainable homes or just a home in general. We don't have to put no name tag on it, but I feel like that's important. I feel like everybody should have access to it. So we're working really hard to put some things together where there will be options for individuals who are looking for that, who have not been able to access that, but who really want to. And we can put some things in place for these individuals and just not create not just a home. We're talking about neighborhoods. I want to put an emphasis on that. We're talking about creating neighborhoods. So just finding opportunities for us to connect and then also finding ways where people can be comfortable and really get a good feel for what they're wanting to do, what they need to do, but also connecting with the community in a manner that provides a better collective passion across all different cultures, colors, just, it, it, it's just a good feel when you can say, this belongs to me and I, I can go outside in my own backyard and I, this is going to my family and so forth. So the collective whole is, it is really about building homes in our community for the better. And that's the way it should be. And that's the the concept that we've taken with you in Evansville with the promise zone and moving down the street on Bayard Park. So that's, it's key. Putting a roof over someone's head is different than actually having a home that you call your own and you make it your own and you're able to make it into something that's loving and caring and you can pass it along to generations if you want to. There's just so many things you do with a home and, and it brings security. It's huge. So that's why we're in the space and that's why we're partnered up on this. So I'm excited about that and getting that going. So let's go into your next piece. Why don't you talk about your podcast that you've been doing for the last several months for your community? I got a podcast called Dear Community, and I named it Dear Community because I felt like that was the best way to greet somebody. Because when you write a letter, you say, Dear such and such. And I feel like that dear part really takes away all of the anticipation of something other than being really nice. I feel like when you say, dear, it, it just really softens the communication portion of having a, a, a discussion. So I named my podcast, Dear Community, because really that's what it is. It's a conversation about community, not just my community, but communities in general. I got a big focus right now on the community I live in, but I plan to branch out into other communities because I'm really focused in on community. And the reason really why I started this was so I can learn more. One, learn more about my community, learn more about myself and learn more about others and see how we can work together collectively. And then also, I always say this on my podcast, please understand that I am learning too. So while I'm learning, I hope that you will take the opportunity to learn with me because there's a lot of things I don't know. And there's a lot of things I want to know. So I'm asking questions. I'm bringing people on uh, the podcast so that we can talk about it so that we can get a good idea of what's happening. Because I think we fell a lot of time because we just don't know what's happening around us. We're looking for resources. We're looking for help. We're looking for people that might be able to, um, help us do some things differently. And sometimes they're right underneath the, our nose, but we just don't, we just don't know about it. So the more that I can connect to different opportunities, connect to different resources 
and so forth, the better I think will be for not just myself, but my community at large. So all, all the way around, I got this community, Dear Community podcast together so that it would support simply the, 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 the totality of what community is. And hopefully when it's all said and done, I'll have a lot of episodes where people can go back and say, you know what, such and such said, did A, B, and C. And I remember that because of watching the podcast. Now I can go back and maybe connect with that individual. And, and that's the point. We want to make connections. We want to be aware. We want to be involved. And I asked a couple of questions, though. Two questions that in my mind I always ask, regardless of who I'm talking to. And one is, what does community mean? What does that mean? And I've got a lot of different answers from what does community mean to you? And then I always end with asking the question, hey, what does your lasting legacy want to be? And it really sums up a, of a lot because you can start seeing a, a people, when you ask that question, they really start thinking about what it is that I want to be remembered for. And then it really encompasses a person really taking a moment to think back. And I think at that moment, and I could be wrong, I've asked myself this question a thousand times, but you start looking back into your past, you start looking at the present, and then you start analyzing the future. And then we, I think that's where you get that answer. What's my lasting legacy to be? And I think once you identify what you would like to be, what you want to be remembered for, then it gives you a better direction on what your impact needs to be. But do you, so community is big. It's, it's not just us. It's, it's everybody, but you were talking about the past and, and the learnings that you can take from that. You growing up in that smaller house and having that uh, gravel driveway. I know that you, we've talked about it. We've driven by that house. I know it has a huge impact on you as an individual, but I think you also pass it down to your kids and also the community. And I think that's your grassroots of where everything pushes through. How does one Outside of you, some pointers from you, how does one actually find these, these items or things that have happened to us in the past and turn it into purpose and, and turn it into, whether it's a negative or a positive in the past, how do you turn it into a bigger thing to where it relates to community? Oprah Winfrey once said a quote to the extent of, there is no greater gift, and I might misquote this, but there is no greater gift you can give or receive than to honor your calling. It is why you were born and how you become most truly alive. So when you understand your purpose, I think that's when you really start living. I think that's when you really wake up and you start wanting to get things done because you're operating in what you should be operating in. I think that wakes you up in the morning. I think that keeps you moving because I think there's a lot of people who wake up and they do things because they have to. Let's be clear. And there's nothing wrong with that. But people wake up and they go to jobs that they don't want to go to because they know they have to pay bills. They know they have to take care of the things they have to go to. But are we really moving in purpose? Because when you're moving in purpose, I would assume that it's not like a job. And then if you're really understanding your purpose and you're operating in it, then I think your purpose takes care of you as well as you taking care of purpose. But I think they go hand in hand. So I think understanding what your purpose is crucial to the development of who you want to be. 
long-term and finding how to get there. I don't have all those answers for that. Cause like I said before, I'm still trying to understand and really come to a conclusion of what my purpose and calling is. I feel like I'm in the area. I feel the lights flickering when I walk in my purpose, when I think I'm walking in my purpose, I can feel it. I'm, I'm still understanding it more, but when I'm there, you get that feeling like, okay, this doesn't bother me. For instance, I think my purpose is to help my community, help communities, help things just be better. Now, I don't have that all wrapped around what that all entails, but I know when I'm in those places and spots, I feel like I'm in there and I'm like, say, I'm just like Muhammad Ali or somebody, I'm in the ring and I'm, I'm moving and I'm feeling like I'm owning it. I'm feeling like I'm in charge. I feel like I'm in control of it. And it just feels right. And that's what I think when you really are operating in purpose, it just feels right. It feels good to you. You wake up, you want to get into it. You want to do those things. It's not holding you back. It's not a burden. I think that's key. It's not a burden to you, but it's something that this is what I need to be doing. This is what I'm called to do. This is what I want to do. And for all that, I can make a difference and I can make an impact on those around me because I am in my purpose. Now, I say this to say that, let's be clear. Because I'm walking in my purpose, it doesn't mean I exude purpose to you because you're going to be greater because of me. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we have purpose and when I have purpose, I have the ability to help others as you have the ability to help me. And I think when you have find a bunch of people walking in your when their purpose, you'll find yourself having better communities. You'll find yourself having opportunities across the board, whether it be jobs, family, and so forth, because people are walking in what makes them happy. And when we have happy people, we have a happier society. So I got to ask the question. You danced around it. I'm going to put you on the spot. Two things that people can do to find their purpose. You always tell me you're looking for a roadmap. You're looking for action. Now it's your turn to share with the listeners what two things can our listeners take towards getting their purpose for, for action. They, we, need, we all have a roadmap and we have sometimes we get lost like reading a map. But sometimes we have to just stop and say, I'm sick and tired of whatever, going to my job, I got to do better. So what could be two things that people can do to start getting themselves on the road to their purpose, not trying to find it tomorrow, but at least starting moving in that direction? That's a great question. And I wish I had a definitive answer, but I think a little bit of it starts in meditation, taking time for yourself, getting in a place where it's quiet and you can listen to yourself. I know it sounds weird, but I'm finding opportunities where I can be still and focus in on some things that I know need to be done, but I need clarity on it. I need to be, I need to be clear with, I need to be clear with self. And I've got to deal with self first. So I want to be clear on that. I don't know what a roadmap looks like, but I know in order for you to truly get to the purpose that you want to get to, 
you first have to deal with you. And you could only do that when you take time to listen to yourself and take a moment to sit back and analyze who you are, who you want to be. And then I think you can determine how do you get there, but you can't do it. And this is just from experience and I'm learning each and every day. You just can't do it in, in the, in the Russell, just the day to day of your whole life when you're up and moving, you got to get to work, you got to take the kids here. You got to get, you got to get to the the basketball practices or you got to get to this next meeting or you got to get to this next show or you're going out to your next activity. It's really when you slow things down and then you can start seeing things clear enough for you to see a path or at least get a vision of which direction you need to be going. I'm working on this myself, so I'm not the expert in this. I've just recently started to learn how to meditate a little bit more and just be still. Silence myself, silence a room, and just focus in on what, and I don't want to get philosophical or anything on the podcast. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually inclined, but I'm not. Go, go where you want to go. It, it, this is your time. In the moons and the stars, but I believe in a higher power. I do believe that if you take the time and meditate, then you'll get the answers you're looking for. So I, I again, I, I've really just started to really focus in on this myself and really slow my world down because I feel like my brain is always in fast pace. This needs to be done. This has got to be done. We've got to do this. And I think that's a lot of people in the world. We wake up and we're already in the, in, in motion of, I've got 35,000 things to do today, or this has to be done. There's a Bible verse that talks about, don't worry about what things are happening today. Those things were are going to happen on the next day, either, either, either way, but just be concerned about now. Stop focusing so far ahead of yourself that you become overwhelmed, basically what the Bible verse is saying. And I think that's I think that's important to really just take time for yourself and then start meditating and then really start identifying what you would like for yourself to be able to do. What is your purpose? Because you can start asking yourself those questions. And I think if you slow yourself down, you'll start understanding what it is that you enjoy the most. What gets you up? What makes you happy? So again, it's not like a real clear pathway for people to say, I need to do these two certain things. Well, I don't know what your two certain things may be because my two certain things are going to probably be different from your two certain things to get you to the path where you want to be. But I can tell you, it does start by taking some time to slow down and start analyzing self. When you can do that, when you can focus on you and clear up and not in a manner that said, I need to lose 10 pounds or I need to square. No, just take a breath and breathe some things out. Calm your world down and start just letting yourself meditate on what it is and who it is that you would like for yourself to be. And then I start, then I believe that then you'll start really understanding what will, what your purpose will be and what will push you towards it. I, I like it because I start my day quiet too and give myself some time to gather my thoughts and just not look at my phone and, and sit down and just relax and chill out. So I think that's awesome. And, and we definitely could go into more about this and we'll, we'll definitely have you back on. The last topic that I wanted to discuss, I know this is near and dear to your heart also. You have, you've already announced it on social media, but not on the podcast. 
Why don't you tell the listeners about your next endeavor in life is about? My next endeavor, well, my next community approach is running for school board in my hometown. Where does this come from? It really just comes from a passion of wanting things to be better than they were for me. And now that I have children in the school system, I have one who's went through the same school system that I went through and she's on, uh, in college now, but it's also analyzing what she went through when she was coming through uh, the school system. And also noting that I still have three following behind her that's currently going right now. And I feel like I have a unique, a unique perception of what should be happening within our school system that I can provide because I'm a community guy, because I played sports and I coached for 10 years within this community. I also believe that I have a unique perspective based on the fact that I, I don't work here in my hometown. I cross the bridge every day to, get, to go to Indiana and work, but I still am able to bring up a different perspective because I've traveled a little bit. And I understand some things because I've, I've watched best practices and I'm not just focused and centered in on what's happening or what's going on right now in my direct centered area. So I feel like running for school board is a way for me to provide some of the knowledge that I have received over the years and hopefully bring it to our community that will bring a huge impact, such as things of transparency. I think that there's an opportunity where we can start looking at getting more parents involved with our children on a day-to-day -day basis. Because there's uh, technology that is currently in place that I think is underutilized that we should be uh, promoting more with parents to be more connected. I also believe that financial literacy should be taught more heavily within our school systems because I think that is the foundation, really, right? I'm, I'm, if there's one thing I wish I had known better at a young age was about finances. And I wish someone had forced me to understand what finances means. Now, I'm, not, I'm talking not so much about the mathematical process, although that's good and well, but I want, I wish somebody would have said, let's understand your finances at a young age. Let's look at some things as you get older. When kids are approaching high school and they're getting ready to step out, especially those getting ready to go to school and then they could possibly either be going to school or be going into the workforce. Let's talk about what it looks like to get a checking account. Let's talk about what it looks like to purchase your first car. Let's talk about what it looks like to receive some of these credit cards that you'll be able to apply for. Let's talk about one day you might want to be a homeowner. What does it take to be that? These are things I think that we should be really focusing in on when we are teaching our kids because nothing wrong with social studies. There's nothing wrong with science. We should be learning these things, but there's got to be a way that somebody's going to start talking about curriculum that really is now forward thinking. Where is that curriculum at? Where is the curriculum that prepares our children who are we, who are getting ready for the future and really getting them ready for not just a future of being doctors and lawyers, but being successful individuals based on the fact that they are prepared to face life 
And I have a big thing about the definition of life, but I really want people to start looking at how do we get our children really ready to face what's coming their way? Because we all know it, whether we want to admit it or not, we face life. We've all went, especially if we're not in that stage of going through high school, going through middle school or anything of that nature no more. We're in life, but we can all go back and say, I wish I had known this. If somebody would have told me this, or I wish I could have did this differently. These are the conversations that I want to see start happening within our school system. I want programs. I want mentors. I want these things to be happening so our kids will understand what they are about to face once they get out of high school. And then they start making those connections on their own. And then when those things pop up, they could be like, oh, I'm aware of this because we had some individuals. We had our schools, we had our school board members, we had our teachers, we had our bus drivers, our our staff members who were concerned enough to go ahead and start teaching me these things at a very young age. So overall, I am running for better and brighter from future. I believe in family. I believe in education and I really believe in the community. And that's why we started True Community also, because it will be doing financial literacy and helping people with their credit. But I agree with you hundred percent. If we can teach our kids at an early age, how to work within life and be able to understand what credit is, what financial literacy is, and be able to work within those guys, I think we'll have a lot more success than what we have today. Unfortunately, a lot of people that come to us via TrueVest are not financially prepared and and have challenges with their credit and it's overwhelming. So if we could stop all that and get it handled on the front end, I think we'd be in a lot better place than we are today. So that's a whole nother conversation that we can have on another podcast. Sir, I thank you for your time today. I'm excited uh, that you're running for school board and all the the community things that you're doing and, and the stuff that we're doing together with True Community and also True Vest. And there is more to come. We'll definitely have you back on because we have longer conversations to be had. But thank you for uh, coming on today. And I will be talking to you very soon. I appreciate it, Ryan, for having me today and giving me a little bit to express my journey a little bit. And again, I'm still on that journey. So I'm still learning each and every day, but I do thank you for taking time for at least for me to have a a conversation wrapped around it. And I also want to say I'm so passionate about true community and I really thank you for choosing my hometown to start this um, nonprofit in because I just believe like it's going to be, it's going to be world changing and without you and, and your vision and it, and at least sharing some of my ideas, it wouldn't be possible. So again, thank you. I'm excited. I'm, I'm honored and it's going to be a fun ride and we're going to make some big changes and impact people's lives positively. And I, I think we can replicate it in cities and towns uh, across the nation. So thank you for coming on and I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Happiness podcast please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.